This is Cheese Hunter. Thank you for tuning in to Tales from the West 15. This podcast where we like to discuss, you know, a lot of different topics, but we like to stay just close to home. This is the regular man's podcast where we can go over pretty much everything. Uh, today we're going to talk about the criminal justice system and we'll talk about some of the penal institutions and some of the different ways that the, our judicial system is set up. Uh, we don't have any guests to relay on this topic at this time, so instead of this podcast being a more informational one, it'll be more storytelling time. So y'all just sit back and I'm going to give y'all some uh, stories on what I went through, what Cheese went through. Going through the criminal justice system and some of the amazing stories I have. I mean, y'all wouldn't believe some of the things I've seen in those institutions, man. And I'm going to try to give y'all an insight on some of the things that, you know, maybe some ex-inmates or anything don't even want to talk about I mean because I know it's things that you know I really don't even want to relive you know that I try to you know put in the back of my mind or even sometimes I try to blot it out you know some of the things I've seen some of the violent vicious I mean grotesque things I mean unimaginable unimaginable so y'all just sit back relax and I'm gonna go into some of these stories for y'all. Yeah, man, we uh, we back at it. This is uh, Cheese Hana. Had to take a small break there, y'all. Yeah, we... Um, only way I could talk about the criminal justice system is what I endured and what I went through with it. Uh back when I first even heard of a prison, it was because my sister was talking about my brother-in-law, my deceased brother-in-law, rest in peace. He was a wonderful guy, y'all. I mean, if you would have got to know this guy, you would have loved him. His name was Ronnie Michelle McPeak. And uh, I heard that he was in the pen. And I mean, I, I mean, I had to be about seven years old. I could have been, yeah, I was seven years old, and it terrified me. Just, I'm like, a pen. Because I knew at that time that my brother-in-law, Ronnie, was a grown man. So I was like, how could they be holding him somewhere in something? So when they first explained it to me, then my mother explained a little bit of it to me. I think after my sister had left, she had went somewhere else. She had went and did something and I asked my mom again, I was like, well, you know, Ronnie can't leave. And she was like, no, he's in jail, Corey. And she, you know, started to explain to me what jail was. And, you know, I'm like, wow, you know. So I said to myself then, I said, I will not be going there. Because I kind of knew my personality. I knew pretty much how I was. I knew that I was, you know, a certain way. And I knew just, you know malicious and vicious and certain little bad things. I don't too much tend to, still don't do it now. 
but had no no idea how the world was and didn't understand that <laughs> jail had nothing to do with what you did wrong and what you did bad. Jail had a lot to do with how much money you had and how much money your parents have and what part of town you come from. And especially in America, what skin color do you have? I mean, just let's be honest about it. Ain't no sense in holding back on that part, you know. We all know it now. I mean, it ain't like I'm telling a a secret that ain't nobody ever got a hold of that, you know, the criminal justice system is all about, you know, pay for play. You know, if you got the big bucks, you can get off with a good lawyer. And if you low income and you don't have anything and you're poor, there's just no hope for you. Pretty much in most in most situations. Excuse me for that, y'all. And on the flip side of that, too, man, um, I knew a guy one time, man, called him Clee, and, man, he got off, you know, even with a court-appointed lawyer, y'all. I mean, really. And his charge was hitting a police officer, I mean, uh, assaulting a police officer. And the police officer testified, but his court-appointed lawyer, man, got him off, like, and, I mean, we were happy and shocked <laughs> when that happened because you you hardly hardly ever hear about those types of good stories so that's why i want to tell you all that and that's a good story inside this but i know uh earlier i mentioned some about vicious and malicious some of the most i mean vile thing i ever saw and this wasn't even when I was in prison, which I was never in a, a maximum security unit for a long time. I was on Robinson unit because I only went to, I went to boot camp and I went to safe P, but you know, that's still, uh, it was still on, uh, TI, TI, uh, TDC, TDC, excuse me, y'all, TDC. But anyway, uh, one of the most vicious and nasty things I ever saw, man, in the judicial system going through it, not only to be uh, accused of a crime that I didn't commit, the way it happened, you know, uh, the way it was uh, said that it happened uh, and just how fast it happened, you know, all I know, I was on a bike and here I go, robbery charge. But when I let's get back to that vicious thing that I was really talking about, and the vicious thing that I wanted to mention before I give y'all some of the main stories on how I ended up in prison and you know what happened to me and some of the things that I did, you know, what what I seen is uh one time I had this probation officer and you know you always think that. People working in these type of situations, you know, when you're judges and you're a lawyer or you're a paramedic or a police officer, and when you're really working with the public in life or death situations, man, and really dealing with these people's lives, you you think everybody should be up front, man. You think that these are the best of the best people, and most of the times they are. You know, nothing against these people. I don't have a certain vendetta or any type of grudge, you know. I've been let that go, but 
You don't think these people are lying. I mean, lie. And I had this probation officer one time and this guy kept lying. He said that I did things. And I mean, it was amazing. I mean, I asked him one time, I said, well, let me see the results of my urine test. Cause he told me I failed it. I know I didn't fail it y'all. Cause I had passed the one before and I ain't smoked nothing. Uh, and he told me that I failed it. Then he came to court and he told the judge certain stuff that I didn't do. And it was just a blatant lie, a blatant lie. And also he threw things away in my file, right in my face and told me, who are they going to believe me or you? And then he winked. <laughs> I mean, I never told anybody. I never told anybody. And I thought about it. I was like, what can I make a podcast about? Like, what can I? And it's like, you know, to definitely, you know, they say the prison pipeline, they say from high school to prison. That is true, y'all. I mean, these people, I mean, these men are just, they're not up here telling y'all stories and all this for nothing. This stuff actually happens. Like they get up and they lie on you. Like you say they had you they have the jailhouse snitch. He'll get up and say, Well, you admitted to this and this, why and he's just lying. Just to get his sentence reduced. But it doesn't matter to people who's never been to jail, who's never been to prison, who's never been through the judicial system. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because it's not you. You know? And I could see how that's possible, you know. I can see how that's definitely possible. Because I need to, you know, hide my awareness on certain things that other people go through. You know, like when they lose a child or other traumatic things, you know, that I haven't been through. I mean, I wonder, do I listen to them when they talk about some of the pains and heartaches and some of the things they've been through in those situations? But yeah, I definitely want to tell y'all about all that lying because I never thought that. I'm like, this man is in the courtroom in front of the judge lying. Like, amazing. Like, how could he do this? Like, is this real? Like, you can't do this on Matlock. You can't do this on Perry Mason. You know what I mean? And it's like, Corey, wake your butt up, dude. You know what I mean? You're in court facing time. You know what I mean? On a robbery charge or something that you didn't do. And, that's a whole nother story in itself. Like, I don't even want to get too deep into that. But I will as time go on. But yeah, definitely. Uh, when I first was uh, sent away, I was sent to a boot camp program. And uh, on the way going there, you know, you go through some of the same places and you go through the same procedure as any other inmate because I was still an inmate, even though I was in a program where, you know, you go through boot camp and you will go. So I'm thinking I just I'm going straight to a boot camp. I'm not knowing that I'm going with the other inmates also, too. Um, first night I was there, y'all, it's like. It was crazy because I was so out of place, didn't know what to expect. It was so loud. I mean, loud. And just the feeling, just the tension, 
that you have, like that volume and that tension of being in that facility, man, is just unexplainable. Like, it's like my gut, like my gut and my throat is just like it start turning. Like soon as I got off the prison bus and as soon as you get off the bus, man, they cussing. They telling you shit shower shave. And you're like, wow, man. Like, where am I at? But anyway, you I get there and you know, I get to that first night and I'm thinking, you know, everything's pretty much okay. I done made it through the first day, almost, you know. Not dead and then. Uh and they called me out to the infirmary. And I'm like, okay, this must be some type of procedure. I don't know. But I'm like, it's kind of funny because it's like 1030 at night because the officer said it while he was walking. Trust me, I had no clock on him. But I heard, so I was like, wow, I could hear the time. Like, I got you know, you see the time. And um, I even hear about the time. Now that's the guards tell you, the CO tell you. So he took me down there. And I went in the infirmary and the doctor had this other nurse in there. It was a male. He had a big old long needle. And he was like, Mr. Webb. And I was like, yes, sir. He said, uh, it's time to take your medicine. He said, come on over here and sit down. So I went over there and he's shooting it. I mean, y'all, this needle had to be about, it looked like it was almost eight inches. Be truthful, man. I'm not even exaggerating. It looked to be about eight inches on this, the head of this needle, man. And he was like, you ready? Come on, let's take your medicine. And I said, my medicine? I said, no. I don't have no medicine. Like, what? Is... And he said, aren't you, I think it was Marcus Webb. Or... I don't want to get nobody's name. But he said some other man's name from Longview or something. And I was like, No. I'm Corey Webb, and he was like, oh, okay, and when the guard walked me back, and I got back to my cell, I thought about it, I was like, how could they make a mistake like that, like, how glaring was that mistake, like, you know, he said this guy's name was Marcus or something like that, and Longview, I'm Corey Webb, I'm from, you know, two webs, but and some was like, well, Corey, you, you know, you're not out here in regular institutions. You're in a, a penal institution. You're in a, you know, a facility by the state. And it's like, oh, man. So I get it now. You know, it's levels to everything out here. Man. When you hear of people complaining about the jail conditions or work conditions or conditions in other uh places even overseas you know they talk about the sweatshops like prisons and all those different places where they work you out and, and the conditions and they and that's it you realize the reality of it like there's a whole line that where when it, you're crossed over into it don't nobody care about you like I even hear about the death row inmates, you know how they talk about no one cares about death row inmates. And if you really think about it, we really don't. We really don't. If all of us in America came to that, you know, it was, you know, it would, uh, it could stop the death penalty if you believe in that or whatever. I mean, I'm not, 
I don't have no uh, say either way on that as far as the death penalty. I mean, that's a whole other topic, yeah, so. But uh, back to it, I was also uh, sent to uh, a facility in Huntsville where a lot of the facilities are at, you know, and uh, a lot of the Texas prisons are in Huntsville. And I noticed once I got to Huntsville, I would remember when they said, one thing I noticed was they were steady taking my blood. And I mean, I tell y'all, it was one day when I first got there, I heard an older black man scream so loud. I'm tired of y'all taking my blood. Quit taking my damn. And I'm like, what is he yelling like that for? Like, what are they doing to him to make him? Yell? And trust me, eight days later and about nine shots later, uh, nine times they were sticking these needles in me, taking my blood. I understood exactly what he was talking about. I mean, y'all, they stick you every day i mean taking blood taking blood taking blood taking blood taking blood giving you test after test after test psychological test uh crazy tests have you ever thought about eating your own uh feces have you ever thought about having sex with your mom uh have you ever thought about killing cats or dogs and just i mean they would even ask you about friends on your uh FBI profile like a couple of my friends like they even knew about Ty when I was down there they was like yeah you got this friend Ty <laughs> I was like wow that is that's amazing like I mean they even said their names man it was Ty Eli and I was like wow so uh it's it's just it was just shocking I mean and I, one time, uh, I was getting ready to, um, I was getting ready to go to the child hall and we were all in the line and we were, you know, getting ready to leave out. And, uh, only thing you heard was, oh man, blood was everywhere. I mean, I saw a guy, and when it when it when it was all said and done, after we saw the sack, because the sack was laying on the ground, or laying on the floor over there, near the you know going to child hall in the hallway, you know near the bowling alley, and it's like you sit up there and you see blood squirting from this man's head because he was hit with a bag with some cans in it, like cans of stew and stuff from commissary. And I mean, that was like the third, yeah, that was like the third day I was in Huntsville when I had saw that. And that's just like, I'm like, man, this is, and it's just, I had no idea that it was, you know, so much different, you know, so many political things and so much politics that, you know, go on. You know, inside the jails, you know, even inside the cells, you got politics going on. You know what I mean? I know you got the gang stuff going on. You got drugs being sold. I mean, you got everything, prostitution going on. Like I watched a guy, you know, get 
you know, sold to the other guy. He smacked him up, like, I mean, sexually, like, I didn't watch the whole thing, but I saw him, you know, getting ready to go do his thing, man. So, whoa, this is, this is really amazing. But one of the other, the main amazing story that I really have is, and uh, I, I keep forgetting the guy's name, I think his last name was Barlow. He was from, like, South Dallas or somewhere in Dallas, and a uh, little old short dude, man, he was kind of cool. But he went and got his time card, y'all. And time card is, you know, when you you find out which units you're going to be going to within your state. Because, you know, like the state of Texas, they'll, they'll come up with, a, you know, time cards for, you know, where you're going to be at when you spend your time and before you release. And I think they weigh that out over behavior and charges. And, you know, they have a little way that they classify that with a grade system and that's part of all those interviews and part of all those different things you be going to and um my celly man he found out where he was going and so he came back in and he had got his time card but i didn't know what that meant and then i started hearing some knocking and banging and they banging on the they banging on the set, and I'm like, okay, they banging, and I'm sitting here reading my Bible, y'all, you know, and next thing I know, bam, he hit me dead in my face, and I'm like, what are you, and bam, 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 and I'm like, what the, so now I'm cussing, and now I'm like, what is he, and man, he was whooping my ass, y'all, and I'm like, what the hell is going on, like, what, you know, and after a while, it's like, my animal instinct kicked in. Because it was like, okay, well, now he could kill you if you don't. So I, bam, we start mixing it up. So I, bam, I hit him. Bam, we mixing it up. And bam, and so now it's like, you know, uh, he tired. I'm tired. And now I, we take a little breather and I'm, and now I'm hearing everybody, they, yeah, 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 y'all mix it up, y'all mix it up, y'all, and I'm like, man, what is going on, I'm asking like, dude, what did I do to you, he said, nigga, you better get me ready, get you ready, yes, get me ready, and you better get ready, bam, we back at it again, fighting, me, and that little, uh, South Dallas nigga, we fought three straight days. Three straight days in that cell we was fighting. Me getting him ready. Because he had got his time card. So he wanted to start getting ready for the viciousness and the fighting that he was, you know, going. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> that caught me off guard. It made me tougher, though, you know. Uh, I really can say that. It really made me a whole lot tougher. You know what I mean? It kind of, it helped me to, you know, be able to fight at the drop of a dime whenever I have to fight now, you know. Which, you know, I'm fighting no more people shoot. But <laughs> I still whoop them off of that. But uh, that was uh, very, very, very interesting. And um, moving on. I'm going to tell y'all about a part where when I reached the boot camp facility and uh, I never forget it. I'm going to tell y'all this. We was uh, four-stepping, you know, one and a two and a, that was with the Hogan out there, in the, out there in the field. 
And when they say four stepping, man, you are really four stepping. I mean that you it was grass before we came through there, but once we come through there, it ain't nothing but dirt. And um we was taking a little break and we had those little pictures over there. And well not pictures, it was like Gatorade thing, jugs or whatever. Not Gatorade wasn't in them, but it was hot water in them. But uh we was getting the water and uh, a boss. That's back when they were still. This was in the nineties. Clinton. I'm part of the crime bill. So uh, I'm part of the Clinton crime bill. Uh, the Biden crime. No, the Biden crime bill. Nothing to our president though. Nothing. Nothing bad to our president, but just the Biden crime bill. But um, I was part of that. Uh, I was in jail that time, man. We had a CEO on the horse, and they had the the guns then. And he said, "I'm gonna tell y'all a joke." And we were like, uh, "Okay." So, yeah, of course, as most of us were black out there, he said, "Well, what do you call a field?" He said, "What do you call a backyard full of old black people?" And we said, we don't know. He said, old farm equipment. And man, they went to laughing. And that kind of disturbed me. I was like, whoa. Like, I never even thought that, you know, people would even think to joke that far. You know what I mean? Like, is that a joke? Like, how could you even think that that's a joke? Like, wow. But it's, it's it was amazing. Yeah. He said, uh, yard full of old black people. It's old farm equipment. And that just really, that, I mean, that, that really hit me there, y'all. But uh, as time went on, I was able to get out. And unfortunately, I went back in but <laughs> because I could stay straight, but. After I went back in that second time, you know, and got out, which I was at the therapeutic community then. And yeah, once I went that time and got out, I pretty much learned my lesson, you know. And, and going to jail ain't about, like, and parents of young boys and of any race and young boys, especially black, though, especially black. I'm saying that. Parents of young black men uh Definitely, it's like, it's not just wrong or right or good or bad. They get us sent to jail. It's like, you know, place and timing and like who we with, who we affiliated with. That gets us put in jail more than anything. Who we affiliated with, like what, who we run with. Like just, you know, that's what gets us put in jail, you know. And it's just like if you running with, a, you know, the wrong crowd or they would always say that, the wrong crowd. And I remember my mom used to say, like, well, you're running with the wrong crowd. And, of course, if you're running with the wrong crowd, you're going to go to jail. And I'm like, well, mama, I'm, like, I'm not running with the wrong crowd. Like, these my partners, man. They're not the crowd. And, and, and it's just like, it ain't just running with the crowd. It's like being around the crowd gets you in trouble, you know. So they just running with the crowd. It's like being around them man. and not being aware you know what I mean? Not being aware of your surroundings, you know what I mean? Also can land you in jail, especially as a black man. I mean, I don't know. Cause I mean, I've known stories of different guys, man. I got friends that have been to jail for stuff they haven't done. 
So you can't tell me it doesn't happen often. Yeah, I got a different friend. I got friends that I was with the night that they said he did the crime. And he, I know he didn't do it because he was with me. And he still went to prison over the stuff. So it's a lot of different uh, ways, you know, things can happen in this judicial system. I mean, it's just it's, it's crazy. It's kind of unexplainable. But, yeah, we're about to uh, wrap this podcast up. I mean, I don't know how much y'all could get out of that. I mean, I just wanted to, you know, tell y'all just a little bit about some of the things I had been through and, you know, some of the things I had seen, you know, dealing with the, you know, criminal justice system. And um, I want y'all to, uh, you know, try to help to improve it in any way you can, you know. If you got relatives that's down there or you got a son or a daughter that's incarcerated or something, I mean, they didn't always just really do it, you know. And then also it's not just easy for the, uh, you know, DAs, prosecutors and lawyers and stuff. Sometimes they try to do the right thing and just stuff don't go right, you know, because at the end of the day, police and judges and all that, they're still human. You know what I mean? Just like us, you know, the people that go on, go on the inside, the inmates, they still human too, so. But yeah, I got plenty more stories on this, but I just want to do a couple for y'all on this podcast here, you know, and, and if it could help anyone, the main thing I would say was to try to have an open mind when it comes to someone who's been in prison or who's been in jail, because trust me, I did not commit the robbery. They said I did. It was a robbery charge, y'all. It was uh, a guy hit another guy who was on a bike. And he told him to give him some money, and the guy gave him some money. And then the guy went and called the police and said he got robbed. I was with the other guy who got the money. You see? I know that was quick. It ain't like I'm really elaborating on it because I will. I will tell the story in full detail at one point in time. But that may be a, a podcast of its own. So, but seriously, I didn't do the crime that I was, you know, that I was charged with. So... So you have to, like I say, keep an open mind and try to always look at both sides and realize that the criminal justice system is not, it's not good. I mean, I, we know it ain't perfect, but really it's not good, you know. It's a lot of injustices in it, and it needs to be reformed. It needs to be a heavy reform, but, you know, people have been calling for that for years, and we haven't seen anything yet that could, you know, that shows that it's reforming. But who knows, you know, the future may be brighter. But that's all right, man. We should get out of here. This is Cheese, and I hope this helped y'all out, man. This is uh, Tales from the West 15. Uh, check us out on Spotify also. And then when y'all go to the main page, just go all the way down to the bottom, and that's where the episode to be. So when you go to the anchor, the episodes will be down there. And then also when y'all go to the page on my uh, for the podcast, please y'all send me a message, man. Send me a message and tell me what y'all like about it. Tell me what y'all don't like about it. What y'all want? What y'all what y'all want to hear? If y'all want to hear about some other stories, or y'all want me to, you know, discuss some other topics or get some different type of guests on here. Y'all give me some ideas also, you know, so please go to the message, the message, like you can go to message 
on the page, you know, the anchor page that has it. Or you can go to Spotify and you can go to the uh, Tales from the West 15. You can type that in. And then when you see the podcast, you can go on there and you can go to the message and then go in there and leave me a message. And y'all drop a story. If y'all got a prison story or something, y'all want to drop a, a story about an injustice with the justice system. Y'all put that in there. And then I'll put it on. i add it on to a bonus episode. Or we'll do another episode. We're going to be doing a lot in the future. Uh, we got different things we're going to be doing with this podcast. and We got other podcasts that will be coming. So... Y'all be patient with us and please y'all, you know, share, try to share this. You know, if you, if you listen to it, please share it and, uh, please tell people about it because I mean, it's just getting started and I mean, it is going to be amazing. I do have a team that's behind the scenes, but I mean, we're, we're still in the works on a lot of different things. So, but y'all take care. Uh, may God bless y'all all. Um, and this is Corey's Cheese Hunter signing off with his quote. This is Cheese's quote. Well, really my quote, you know. <laughs> so I like to let y'all know at all times, listen, Caterpillar, now go get them wings.